Hey, all you Boldologists, real quick, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to share with you what being bold means to me and why it is such a big part of my life. So growing up, my dad always told me to be B. He'd tell me to be B when I was trying to make a big decision or a little decision. He told me that when I was grappling with what felt right to me, what I should do, it was always, you need to be B, Jessica, which meant to be bold. He also told me to not have a BA, which was a bad attitude. (laughs) But Be bold is what has really stuck with me. And that just meant for me to show up in a way that felt right and true to me. It wasn't that he was pushing me to do anything crazy. In fact, oftentimes it was encouraging me to step back and to not engage in things that were pushing me too far or pushing me out of my comfort zone, but to really stay true to who I was and to do the things that pushed me to be the best version of myself I could be. And so now as I have grown and I'm an adult now and have a daughter and all of these things, I still think of that. I still think of how can I be bold in this moment? How can I show up in a way that feels true to me? How can I do the hard thing even when it doesn't feel natural or something I want to do, but in the end gets me the best result I could have. It helps me be bold and helps me be true to who I am. And so I encourage you to go pick up some Be Bold products because for me, it is a reminder to be bold. I have a whole bunch of Be Bold shirts now. I have a couple necklaces that say Be Bold. I have the stickers all over my house. We have our new Be Bold stickers. And it just fills me with joy to see that reminder of being bold and showing up in a way that feels true and authentic to me. And now I want to pass that on to you. That is what we want for you guys is to show up in a way that feels true and authentic to you because by so doing, it will make your relationships better. That is what we have learned through all of these crazy stories that we have told you, all of these things that we are sharing is that when you show up for yourself, when you are true to who you are, it makes your relationships a hundred times better. And so we want you to be bold and we hope that you will go pick up something from our Be Bold shop to help you have that reminder in your life every day. All right, here we go. Get ready for today's episode. So I was working from home and get a knock at the door in midday. And I was like, who's knocking at our door in midday? I go upstairs and we have a big window right next to our front door. And I look out And there's like six police officers in my yard, three of which are at my front doorstep. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Are we ready? (laughs) Am I going to be reading a review? Yeah. Do you have a new one that you can read? Well, have we read this one? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, let's start out with a review since none of us are talking. Okay. (laughs) Here is a review. The title of the review is Lifts My Heart. Aw. Aw. Okay. Says, you guys, I love you. I love listening to your podcast. I love the love and respect you guys have for each other. Thanks for putting out your message of love, understanding, and more through sharing your personal experiences. You help so many by 
being real and sharing what you've learned. I seriously look forward to every Wednesday so I can hear the next episode of my favorite podcast. Then bummed when it's over and I have to wait until next week. I laugh with you, I cry with you, and I'm just so grateful for you three humans. Mm-hmm. Thank That's, you. Yeah, that was awesome. Loving the love. Loving yep. the love. That's what we're here to spread is the love. Huh, Steve? Yeah. Even if you're tired? Yep. We just did our Christmas photo shoot. Took it's, it out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> it was so exhausting. I mean, I made the boys put on onesies and... Can I Can I move a little bit? You can move. Okay. You can move wherever you want. I, <laughs> I'm making the boys take a couple pictures while we record, so Matt's... I felt a little too close. <laughs> he can't be close to oh, me. Now you're super close to the camera. Well, the cameras, uh, I took a bunch already. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> recording. It's not recording. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, she, she mentioned that maybe she should just record the whole thing, but I don't think she did. I didn't. Oh, okay. We are recording the audio, though. That's good. Just so that we're aware of that. This is recording the audio. I was aware. <laughs> Thank you for the review. We are shooting for our goal of 200 reviews by the end of the year. So that we're getting close. Yeah, we are getting close. We're getting closer. We really appreciate your guys' support. It really means a lot to us and to those who are looking for new podcasts. So thank you. And most importantly, those who are looking to uh, strengthen their relationships. Dang straight. This podcast is for those who want to up their relationship game. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Can you even say it? No, I can't remember it all. (laughs) I remember when you recorded that, I was like, whoa, who is this man? That's me. That I'm married to. (laughs) I've got to announce her voice. Yeah, it took me like 30 takes. Good job. I've noticed that now I can record stuff a lot more quickly, and I don't care if it's perfect. Like, in the beginning, I felt like it needed to be perfect, and I was all stressed out about recording, and now I just kind of, like, go for it. It's kind of like relationships, huh? Yeah. You get stressed out that they have to be perfect, but guess what? They're not. That's right. And you you just just roll with it. You just roll with it. Good analogy. No, thanks. You lower your expectations. (laughs) And not... I don't want to say that. That that is not what I meant. You don't lower your expectations. You. You accept. Yes. You tamper what is important. Like you realize what's important, what isn't. And therefore let go of some of the things that don't matter. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm good. By lowering your expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, this is going to be a good one today. All right, so one thing that we have coming up, I have opened enrollment for the BBB, and the boys both looked at me when triple I said B. this before. Not triple D. I said triple B. I know you did. <laughs> triple B. <laughs> and it is the Be Bold Boot Camp that will be starting in January. So each month, we are going to have a different theme. You can sign up month to month. You can pick months you want to sign up for, or you can register for like a quarter, like three months at a time. It's up to you. But right now we do have a special offer going on with that. So go check it out. And it's going to be all about, well, each month's going to be a different topic. So go see on the website. It has all the topics for you and you can register for that. I'm super excited. We are going to start off 2021 on the right foot and go crush it. Awesome. Yeah. Questions? Comments? From us? No. Yeah. Can't wait to take this boot camp. Yeah. There will be weekly live things and there'll be a group where you can get on and chat with each other if you want. So yeah, live lessons each week about the month's topic to keep you motivated and continuing forward. Awesome. Looking forward to chatting with you all. (laughs) 
Are you talking about me and Steve? Or are you talking about everybody? <laughs> <laughs> about you who's listening and signing up for the Be Bold Boot Camp? Yep. I'm really excited about this, actually. I can tell. So the course is more intensive. This is a little less intense, but still going to be so much awesome content for you guys. It's a boot camp. It's a boot camp. Do you like boot camp workouts, Steve? Didn't you go through a phase where you were obsessed with those? I did a lot of those, yeah. Yeah. I love them. I like them. Yeah. So go check it out. Registration is open and there is a deal until, um, what's the date today? December 9th. So there is a deal until Christmas. So this is a gift you could give yourself or give to somebody else or whatever. Invite a friend to do it with you. Once again, you threw me off there. (laughs) (laughs) Steve does not do well with the idea that we're recording before. A date. (laughs) Steve, this is December 9th. Did you not know that? Did not know that. (laughs) Well, it is. (laughs) All right. Oh, and then I, well, we'll talk about the live lessons and stuff later. Cool. Anybody have any good stories to tell, Steve? Any stories? Stories? Um, no. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> Sorry so, to disappoint. I have a question for Steve. Okay, Steve, how do you decide which car you're going to drive every day? Because I've noticed that some days you'll drive your SUV, uh-huh. and some days you'll drive your white convertible. Mm-hmm. But it's cold outside. The convertible is still parked in the garage, so if it's super cold, that's the one I drive. Oh, so you don't have to clean off your car yeah. or anything? Uh, I mean, the convertible's fine in the winter. It's yeah. Plenty, I mean, it stays warm. I keep the top up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We weren't sure if it had to do with like how sunny it is outside or... No, it's just... You don't want to defrost your other car. Yeah. Got it. But if I have to like haul anything or people or whatever, then I take the SUV. Got it. You mean haul people other than Penny? Yes. <laughs> but even penny plus any stuff is a tight squeeze in the convertible. Like this morning coming over here, uh-huh. we just had like two or three bags of things and we barely fit. And the bear rug. You had the bear rug. The bear rug. For our photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. For our photo shoot. It is a fake bear rug, people, just to clarify there. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Thank but you But it for looks sharing. so real. So real. It looks so real. I wasn't sure but how we decided what. If it's drive. 50 and sunny, that's my cutoff to drop the top on the convertible. Mm-hmm. Okay. 50 degrees and sunny, I will be cruising with the top down. You can drop the top. Mm-hmm. Drop the top. Windows up, heat cranked, jacket on. Jacket. That's warm enough. That's <laughs> funny. Okay. So yesterday, Steve, Steve and I, Matt and I were at lunch with Matt's family, and Matt got asked the question How are things going with Steve working for you? And Matt's response was, I hired the right guy. I liked that. Just thought I would share that with you, Steve. Yeah. yeah. That Matt's enjoying what you're doing. Sweet. <laughs> you have the right amount of OCD for this job. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically been five weeks of life-size Tetris is what I feel like. It is. It's Just a lot re- of... <laughs> rearranging a warehouse, fitting... Everything into do you like tiny Tetris? space? I do. So you say all those hours as a kid playing Tetris. <laughs> now it's paying off. Who yeah. says video games won't pay off? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was me that the some of the little dudes I decided to add before we were just talking about the fact that I was doing gnomes for the little dudes, but we added Among Us characters. If you have kids, you probably know what Among Us is, and even adults. I've yeah. seen a lot of adults playing it too. Yeah, I've thought about. Starting to play. 
I don't know the game, yeah. but neither do I, I know the characters and the little dudes the are adorable. Little, aren't they cute? <laughs> yeah. So we've added Among Us characters to the little gnomes to our little dude game. Yeah. And then I started calling them Clay Littles because I'm like, that's a good name to just call them instead of little dudes. Although I've little dudes has been around for a long time. Clay Littles. Anyways, don't know what we're talking about. Go listen to the last episode. You're going to want to listen to the last episode before this one anyways. Yeah. Because we're following that one up. Where'd we leave off? We left off when we came home after Anne had accused Matt of assaulting her. And Matt just completely fell apart. Yeah, I didn't sleep that night. No. And Matt sleeps through anything, guys. <laughs> like, literally anything. Yeah. That is a gift that I've been given. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. That I can literally sleep. No matter how stressed he is. have a good sleep, good night's sleep, typically through anything. But this night, I didn't sleep at all. And that really is a gift because, like, the last thing you want to do when you're stressed out is deprive yourself of sleep and yeah. limit your ability to actually cope with whatever it is you're facing, <laughs> right. yeah. causing you stress. For sure. <laughs> but that's what most of us do. Oh, it's true. Yep, we stress ourselves out so much we can't sleep. Matt doesn't have that problem except this night. Like, you were so, like I said last time, I just, it was horrible to see you so broken up yeah. and distraught. And we are dealing with, I'm so we got the... The attorney. What was she called? The defense attorney. The defense attorney. <laughs> so we got her. Madam attorney. We hired her that week. And I remember some of the things she's telling you were like, okay, so you need to check every day to but even see before, if. Hold on. Even before she was hired, I had some special guests that showed up to my front door. Yeah. She hadn't been hired yet. I know. but Special guests. <laughs> we had the cops show up. Okay. Yeah. Which so, we talked about a little bit, but cops came to your house, to our house, to our home. We, we didn't, didn't talk, talk about, about that. that. We mentioned it. I in remember, episode, but we didn't talk about it. So but what like, happened? so Let's hear yeah, it. so we'd cops came. Why? What day was that after this? I don't know how far after. Um, I believe doesn't really matter, but it was a like that next week. Yeah, during it was that, that next week. week. And mind you, we live in a cul-de-sac, and <laughs> we had just moved in. And we live at the end of the cul-de-sac, so I'm sure cops all of our- up the whole neighborhood yeah. is like, oh, man. Not only did one cop car show up, but there was like five cop cars and in a our cul-de-sac. And a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was working from home this day, and I'm not sure why. Because she's accusing you oh, of right. lying about going to work when the kids are at our house and she's ticked because they're staying home with me while you're at work. Right. And you only work during this time. You were working like nine to three or nine to two. Like you are not at work a lot. <laughs> right. So anyway, so I was working from home and get a knock at the door in midday. And I was like, who's knocking at our door in midday? I go upstairs and we have a big window right next to our front door. And I look out and there's like six police officers in my yard, three of which are at my front doorstep. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I open up the door and they ask, you know, are you, are you Matt? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. And they served me with a restraining order. So basically what Anne did was she filed a restraining order against me. And in the restraining order, she was trying to get it so that the kids couldn't be in my care either. Luckily, the judge didn't do that, but 
there was a restraining order against her and I, meaning I couldn't come in contact within what? Yeah, and the judge threw out the kid part of it pretty quick, right? Right. But then you actually had to go to court Do we know? for your part of it. Yes. Do we yeah. know why the judge threw out the kid part? Because there was no... Yeah, there was no... Well, and so at even this the point... Ac- even the accused violence wasn't against the, ki- against the kids, it was against her, right? Yeah. And at this point, we had... So, and I guess we forgot about, <laughs> to talk about this part. This is what we were really going to come back to, was the point that the next day we went to pick the kids up, or the next day or two days later, yeah. she actually gave the kids back to you. Yeah, it was it was Monday. Yeah. It was the next day, next evening, about, I think it was like six o'clock. So, we met at a fire a fire station station on a very busy road and we took you and I went plus your brother-in-law so there was yeah. another witness because we're like on high alert now yeah cuz we don't, you don't want, want to be in her presence without no. witnesses and, right no and yeah. i'm not i mean i'm a witness but i'm also his wife and You're, so it's not yeah. so at that point we were recording Yep. Audio and from the car, I was recording video. How did you record the audio? They had it in their pocket. I had, yeah, I had it recording in my pocket. Just on his phone in his pocket. So that anytime you had any interaction with her, you guys were recording it. Yes. Okay. So we showed up there with Matt's brother-in-law, with me, we're recording so that we have evidence that if whatever. more accusations are made, you have proof that. Right. And the next thing is, is in this exchange, she tries to bring up the same conversation yeah. from two days before that brought this whole thing, like that blew result- up. Yeah, that blew up in front of the kids again. Yeah. And I was just like, just don't get out of your car. Send the kids over and let's leave. Yeah. And I remember, I think I had to get out of the car because I was bikes. getting a bike. You got a kid's, one of the kids' bikes. And that's the only reason why I got out of the car and I shouldn't. Like, yeah. Anyways. But again, she engaged, she tried her hardest to engage in the, the exact same conversation. and Of not leaving the kids at home with Jessica. Right. He's right. a liar. He's lying about leaving the kids with yeah. me. And I immediately said, look, I am not having this conversation with you and especially not in front of our children. And she says, well, why not? And I said, look, you accused me just yesterday of something that I did not do. Mm-hmm. And that's when she immediately said, <gasps> I forgot about this. Well, you blacked out. Uh, like that he was so enraged that he blacked it out. Oh, wow. That's what she was trying to say. That's why you say. don't remember. And I was just like, what are you talking about? No, I didn't black out. I know exactly what happened, but you accused me of something that did not happen. And that's when she again, she said, no, well, you blacked out. So. And this is after the restraining order? No. No, this is right before. So, then the, re- so the restraining order is what I was saying is that's why the judge threw out the part about the kids. Because obviously the judge felt that obviously she was comfortable enough letting her yeah. kids come oh. back into Matt's care that okay. she did it. The next day. The okay. next day. And she met with Matt the next day. And wasn't scared to do that. She didn't send the kids with somebody. She wasn't with anybody. She wasn't with anybody. It was just her and the kids. She just showed up. And okay. so the judge was like, uh, no. So that's what we were That's why we went back because we forgot to tell this whole story. But yeah, she's accusing Matt blacking out. And Matt told the kids to come get in the car. So they did. Well, then, yeah. And then 
I guess one of the kids told her that, hey, they came out of the car and were like, recording. recording. And that's when Anne was like, why is Jessica recording? It's making the kids really uncomfortable. It's like, well, we're just, we have to, we have to watch out for ourselves at this point. So anyways. She was not happy about that. Did you tell the kids that you were recording? And did you offer an explanation? Not right then. We talked to them about it after we got in the, like after we left and whatever. But just a, hey, when somebody gets the cops involved and there's accusations that there's abuse, we're going to protect ourselves. And we're sorry if that made you uncomfortable, but yeah, it's just the reality of it now. So later on that week, that's when the, the police officer showed up at my home and served me with the restraining order. And again, I, <laughs> the most I had ever been in trouble with the law was when I was in high school I had a misdemeanor for hiking out of bounds while I was up snowboarding in the state of Utah. Like that was a misdemeanor. Yeah, it was a misdemeanor. Isn't that nuts? It was a misdemeanor for hiking out of bounds and up at a at a ski resort. But that was the extent of my trouble with the law. And having five police officers at my front door was like terrifying. Like I had no idea what was going on. And so I read through the restraining order and that at, I think it was that same day. Like I had an attorney and I was like, Hey, this is what's going yeah. on. Not only did I have the defense attorney, but I also had the family law attorney who I was working very closely with. So my family law attorney and my defense attorney were starting to work closely together and figuring out, look, this is what doesn't add up. She's, She's comfortable with handing over the kids and being in front of the kids with him, not without any, any other witness on her end. And so that's, that's kind of how we played it towards the, the judge when I had to go to court about the restraining order. Yeah. So I had to go to court for the restraining order the very next week and make sure, you know, and see what was going on to see if it was going to be released. Was it only a week? I, I felt was, like, I thought it was a couple of weeks because remember it may have been two weeks. There was the whole issue with getting to gymnastics and stuff, where she would show up at gymnastics, and so therefore you couldn't drop the kids here's, off. Here's the thing: I went to court with the very first judge, which was not the judge who actually took the case, because in a restraining order case, if she doesn't show up, the restraining order remains until the next hearing, oh. and so. She obviously didn't show up. She could have showed up, but they give the benefit of the doubt to the person who has applied the restraining order. And if they don't show up with counsel, then they don't have to show up. Mm. And so they, she had extra weeks oh, okay. to try and find counsel. Got it. And I also... But here's the thing. I had, between that, I had my first hearing with the family law judge in between the restraining order and and the next hearing for the restraining order. And when I had that hearing with the judge, she said, look, I understand that there's a restraining order against you. I want to take that case. And that's when the restraining order case came before the same judge who was taking care of the family law. And the family law Mm -hmm. case was about schools, right? Yes. Because, again, like we'd stated before... She was picking up the kids from the school that they were supposed to be at, legally supposed to be at, and then taking them to this other school she wanted them at. 
So Matt would drop them off. She would come pick them up and take them to a different school. And so there was an emergency hearing, and that that hardly ever happens in a family law case unless the children are involved. Yeah. And so there was an emergency hearing between the weeks that I had – I still had a restraining order on me. And that restraining order case wasn't closed yet. And so during the emergency hearing, we were trying – the judge was going to determine where the kids were going to go to school. Yeah. And in that hearing, the judge determined that, hey, since you guys haven't agreed yet, the kids need to remain at the school that they are used to. Charter school. Which was the charter school. Which was the school the whole time during this that I was taking them to. Mm. Yeah. Do you know why the judge wanted to take this restraining order case? I think the judge picked up on some things in the case of the family law and where the where the kids were going to go to school that didn't add up. And mm-hmm. she wanted to see what the restraining order was all about. Okay. She wanted to keep all of the details in one case, I think, just because Which they all sense. went together that mm-hmm. it kind of made sense to keep them that way. It's kind of how I And I, <laughs> this truly was a blessing. Oh, yeah. For me. That I didn't have to deal with two different judges mm-hmm. in two different cases, but yet this judge saw that, hey, these cases are definitely related. I'm going to take on both of them. Mm. That's good. And that was because the first judge that I went and saw and went before, like, I could tell, like, he was just running through the motions. Like, just getting it done. Yeah, this is just... A, you know, he's going through the motions of restraining orders of this is this, this is this. And um, yeah. So this is the craziness of like this first couple weeks. Matt, uh, you know, the whole thing with the cops on Sunday. Then Monday we get the kids back and there's this other that could have led to an altercation. And we brought witnesses and kept it civil. And then the cops are showing up at our house. We are hiring a defense attorney. We are going through all these things. And the defense attorney at the time tells Matt, listen, you need to check every day to see if there is a warrant out for your arrest. If there's a warrant, you go that night and turn yourself in. Like you go straight from work. Yep. You turn yourself in. You will have to be there until the morning. And so Matt's checking every day. Why would there day. be a warrant? Because he's got a domestic violence charge on him. And since they didn't arrest him right then, mm. once it gets to like the judge or whoever, I don't know what the exact process then is, they then they determined. can say that there's a warrant for this man's arrest. Yeah. And so we're checking those things. And it is just insane. And <laughs> I remember at this point, I called Steve and was like, hey, we got to switch up Penny's schedule. Like, mm. I need her not to be in this environment as much as possible. And so just to relieve everybody's stress. And I don't want her like... Yeah, you didn't want her present whenever there was an exchange of the kids. Yeah, I, I didn't want to have to worry about it. And so then you fact, started think- taking her more when the kids were home. So yeah. we had her like... And kind of this schedule we're on now where she's home on the weekends when Matt's kids are here. But then she's gone the rest of the week because at this point, it's just easier. <laughs> yeah, I think for a while back then, it was basically if you had... Matt's kids. Matt's kids. You didn't have Penny. Yeah. Right? Yep. We just tried to, or I'd send her to my parents' house for a couple hours. I remember when things like certain discussions came up, I'd be like, oh, hey, Penny, grandma called and she wants you to come down and practice piano with her. And so Penny, okay, and just pop down to grandma's for a few hours and just hang out down there just to protect everybody. And so you felt like you could have real conversations with your kids and engage how you needed to, but also Penny 
didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, she didn't have to see all the stuff that was going. Well, and on. I don't know which of these occasions it would have been, but there were several times that you called and said, "Hey, Penny needs to get out of here now." Yeah, and yeah. I hopped in the car and sped over and yep, picked her up, took and- her to Chuck E. Cheese or something. Well, well, y'all dealt with the cop. Yeah. Raid. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I mean, just thinking about how much you still had to process. Like you're I mean, you were so emotionally spent. Yeah. But then you had to keep you have to keep moving. Like you have to keep oh, going to keep through the together. motions of okay, now I have to do this. I have to get the defense attorney. I have to get all of these things put in place. And I my heart goes out to people who are in these types of situations because I know how hard and draining it is. Like it is so real and it is so hard and it sucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the time you got to the actual court case for the restraining order. Yeah. It had been two or three weeks that yeah. it had been in place. Yep. And so, yes, things were happening. Like she would show up at gymnastics. And so therefore Matt couldn't take the kids to their activities because she was there. She was there. But then she would accuse Matt of not bringing Isn't them Isn't there some the sort of recourse of, That's I am scheduled to be in such and such place with my child, yeah. but I'm now but here's unable th- to do so without violating here's the restraining thing. order. Surely but, you have some recourse of calling the cops or I don't know who or the judge or someone and saying, I have some recourse, but it's not until after the fact. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I could show up and all, all of a sudden like- You're in violation. Yeah. Cop shows up. He doesn't know. He, they don't know everything that's going on with that. Yeah. That specific case. And it's like, well. All they know is. You're in violation. You can't be within 500 feet and you are within 500 feet. You're in violation. Yeah. 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 So I wasn't, I'm not going to, not playing that so game. So did you, down after the fact, follow up on any type of recourse? Like. No. No. So when they went to actual court for the restraining, restraining order. order this is where the judge, who had already seen a little bit of this case with the schools, where Anne's trying to pick them up from the school and take them to a different school or showing up at the school, and therefore Matt technically can't drop them off. Mm-hmm. So she's blocking him from dropping the kids off at the school and all these things. And the judge told her that she's abusing yeah. this restraining order. Like she is taking advantage of what the whole point is of a restraining order and using it, manipulating it to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And the judge called her out. Good. The judge saw right through it. I remember that. So that particular time in front of the judge to see whether or not I was going to continue to have a restraining order against me. Like I, that was nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Like I, when you have a restraining order against you, if you are even pulled over for a speeding ticket, mm. they immediately call backup. They immediately, you know, treat you as if you are a person of violence and they will, they will pull you out of your car at gunpoint at times to make sure that everything, then everything's safe. Wow. And so I was being extremely careful. You have to carry this restraining order with you everywhere. You have to have it with you at all times. And so (laughs) that was just something I didn't, I didn't want to carry around. I didn't want to have. And so going into this hearing with the judge and had gotten an attorney through some sort of organization for advocating for, for domestic violence. And yeah, you were going to ask a question. So I wanted to know when was the restraining order lifted or like 
I mean, if I'm a judge and I know clearly that Anne put a restraining order in place against you and now she's intentionally placing herself yeah. in places that you know so during this be hearing, like to me that says okay fine out with this restraining yeah. order because you clearly are not serious about keeping him at 500 feet distance from you right so during this restraining order hearing um with the family law judge who took on this case mm-hmm. as well we all brought our evidence she was very strongly trying to keep the restraining order against me and even asking for trying to get the kids the back kids in not to be in my presence either. And uh, by this time, this this restraining order hearing was like three weeks after the fact or so. And I remember her attorney had her share her, her side of the story as to why she felt that she needed a restraining order against me. And she was telling the story as a matter of a fact. And, and I remember very vivid, vividly listening to her share the story of and saying he well he chest bumped me eight times in front of our children but she did it in a very laughing manner yeah she was laughing she said he well he about it he started chest bumping me as if we were in high school and kind of laughing about it and that's when the judge immediately stopped her and said this is not a laughing matter. And the way that you are talking about this is not okay. And so right then when the judge saw that, I knew that by some miracle, this judge was seeing, starting seeing to see through, through her. Yeah. And wow. that hearing is when the judge said, she said, look, there's no reason for this man to have a restraining order. There's no threat. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank heavens. So, so it was in place for what three weeks total? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and at that point, it gets thrown out. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah, that it's, done. it's done. Once the judge rules on that, it's not something you have to keep in place or anything. But I, I knew it wasn't over. Yeah, no, we knew the case wasn't over. That part of it was over. The restraining order part was over, but there was Good. still the accusation of domestic violence in that front we still of tri- had to deal children. With. Mm-hmm. that I had to continue to deal with and defend defend myself. Yeah, and it's nuts at this point because, you know, she has the prosecuting attorney. Is that the yes. right verbiage? Yes, the state prosecuting attorney. That's on her side that's free to her because she's the victim, correct? Yeah. And then also she's working with all of these whatever programs she finds to get free help as well. And we're having to hire two attorneys and putting down retainers and, our, and stuff. At our own and expense. And, the, and yeah. It cost so much money. And it was, it was thousands, one of the times. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. That I was, it was one of those times I was so grateful that Matt owned his own business because we didn't have that money in our pocket. Right. But his business partners were so understanding and were just like, listen. Take what you need. Take the money and we'll, you know, you can take your part early and we'll just keep track of it. And then once we get to the actual payout, we'll just take away, you know, right. your part that you've already had taken out. And that was such a blessing for us at that time. And yep. so grateful that we were able to do that. How does someone do this if they don't have I don't know. 20, 30, however many tens of thousands well, of can, dollars at their... I think it ended up you can costing get us like around just over 10 something. So it wasn't like... You can get an appointed defense attorney from from the state 
So um, had you not had access to funds, you could, you, yeah, you still could have had a state appointed. But it's not going to be the okay. same, right? Yeah, experience or the same quality of person, or I mean, they're good. Yeah. They do it. Right. They're good, but it's just different. Yeah, and ideally they're kicking butt. But at the same time, also, it's like we don't want to take those resources from people who need them either. Like that's something else we've tried to be aware of when we've de- gone through things like this is that we're not using resources that other people need. Right. Because you can see how hard this would be on somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't have the resources we have mm-hmm. to go through this. Yeah. So I left that um, restraining order hearing without a restraining order. And that was a huge win. And <laughs> I do remember, though, like I had at that hearing, I had both my defense attorney and my family law attorney present just because they both needed to be on the same page of what was going on with, with these cases. So, yeah. I didn't go to a single one of these trials no. throughout the whole thing. They asked Why? me, well, they, the attorneys wouldn't let me. They said, unless we need you to testify for some reason or whatever, you're not invited. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. They're like, we don't want you making faces. We don't want you doing anything. Like, And it's just easier for you to not be there than to have to hold all of that in. Yeah, it's leaving the emotions out of it. Yeah, leaving and, the emotion out yeah. of it, and which I totally understood, but man, it sucked. Like having, not being able to be there for Matt in that moment, and yeah. then, you know, afterwards he has to just go through and tell me everything that happened, and ugh. Yeah. I wanted to be there so bad. But also, I was 100% on board with whatever the attorneys told yeah, us. And, like, I will do whatever you tell me to do. And that's what, one of the things that I felt comfortable telling Jessica. Like, look, don't worry about this. And the reason why I felt comfortable saying that was because I knew I had the right attorneys. And, and I was comfortable with their support. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Crazy. So yeah. so, yeah. That was a very good feeling of being able to leave that courtroom without a restraining order. And it was just like, all right, now next task. Yeah. Yeah, one of many. Next battle. Let's, you know. But hey, at least you had a win. You needed a win. Yeah. Yeah. And those those wins, I mean, they felt so good for a few days. And then you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) We've still got a lot of stuff to go through. But yeah, it was. We needed those little wins along the way. Otherwise, it, it would just be so deflating. And I was, like I said, so grateful that I had a relationship with Steve where I could say, hey, you need to come get Penny, please. Like, please come get her. And you'd show up with her. You'd show up and grab her, even if it meant you were taking her to work with you, whatever. It was so nice. Well, the thing that's awesome is the fact that for you to do that, also, like, you're not swift to judge me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's a man. Who has a restraining order against him? Yeah. Right. And this could for violence. Very, yeah. For violence. Yeah. And this could very well affect your your child in my home, right? But you were not swift to judge my character just because of there was this accusation against me in the court of law. I'm trying to remember what I, what my thought process was at this time. Yeah. I remember you and I talking about stuff a lot, and I always. I mean, you've always told me, this is the feeling I've always felt, is you've always said, listen, I I trust you to make the best decisions for our daughter, Mm -hmm. and I will support you in those decisions. And I've always just really valued that trust and therefore been very careful in what I expose our daughter to. Like, it makes you think even more about, okay, Mm -hmm. 
is Steve going to be okay with this? When you show somebody that trust, and I, we could ask this question a lot about, hey, my my spouse is going to, or my ex is going to introduce my kid to this person, or my ex is doing this, and, that, and I'm like, you got to show him some trust, man. Mm-hmm. Like that, we're not going to tell you what to do, but we have realized that if you can show the other person trust and respect, then it goes a long ways. Well, and I think the option is either like whatever that that thing is going to happen without your input and without your involvement, yes. or it will happen with your input and your involvement yes. and some understanding and some like you can you can actually be a part of it and have some say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or you know. Yeah. Those are the options. I feel like you That's can all you can, depend on your actions of yes. how you approach. You can open yourself up to having these conversations of, hey, this is what we're going through, or I can keep a secret from you and you're just have no say in what's going on or no input because there was, I mean. But I I don't ever remember feeling worried or thinking, Matt, that like Penny was in any danger or Jessica was or that there was any reason for me to be concerned. The only thing I remember is just, and it was probably just based on the information you shared with me, Jessica, I think you just filled me in on all the facts and what was going on and why these things were in place. And it set me at ease, I guess. And yeah, but I just remember my attitude was anything I can do to help. I want to help. Right. And there's yeah. nothing I could do to help other than you know, <laughs> be available to take Penny whenever you need it. So, yeah. So I, that's, you know, schedule wise, I was just like, you schedule her, you know, I do what we you, need to do. You do whatever schedule you need to. <laughs> I will take her whenever I need to. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate whatever that works for you because guys. <laughs> this was a time where I was just, there was a ton of stress. Yeah. You know, and, and having one more person that was close to you or having somebody that was close to you like feed into this would have been really hard or yeah. damaging. And especially to have you, Steve, Penny's dad, your right, if, Matt's stepdaughter, to have that where yeah, Steve had all of a sudden you now had to defend yourself to me too. Or all of a sudden, not only are you potentially losing your right to your kid's map, but now. If I were to challenge you feel that your, you guys' right to have Penny or something. Yeah, yeah like that. It adds a yeah. whole nother kind level of, of so kind yeah. of gotten ugly. Crazy. It was crazy. So yeah. All right. There you I'm go. Glad you guys I, got through that. Trust each other. Trust talk. each other. And also one piece of advice that I would say to anybody is that if you have anybody in your life who is trying to place your feelings and experiences of what they feel your experiences were. For example, when Anne told me that I blacked out and that's why I couldn't remember, that's a huge red flag. If you have anybody in your lives that are telling you, hey, you did this and you just don't remember, like that's a huge red flag and get that's out. That's gaslighting. That's called gaslighting. <laughs> and put up those boundaries as quick as possible. So It's true. Yeah. What you feel, what you experience is real, but somebody else telling you those things is not okay. Yep. So that they can try and manipulate the situation. Yeah. All right. That was a dark time. (laughs) (laughs) But we've come a long ways. We have. And we've learned a lot. So that is good. Yeah. There's somebody. How long ago was this? How many years? Four years. Four and a half. Yeah. Four. We were in the thick of it four years ago. Yeah. Right after we moved into this house. Yeah. So we'd been married for just over three. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It's crazy. Yes, it is. Wrap yeah, it up. Right? Yeah. Is there anything else we're going to talk about before we end it? I don't think so. No other reminders. 
Actually, I'm going to throw in a reminder right now. If you're wanting help with boundaries and looking for some support there, I am offering another lesson tomorrow night, December 10th, about setting bold boundaries and how you can do that. And we've obviously had some experience in that. It is free. It is at 7 Central. And then we will... I'm going to keep giving away prizes this whole month during these live lessons because... Boundaries can save your life and your sanity. It's true. It can save your sense of self. It can save who you are. It can save your sanity. It can save your relationships. Even like, I feel like if we had had better boundaries in place with Anne, like we could have had a better relationship with her from the beginning. Um, And now that we have more boundaries, I feel like the relationship is better than it ever has been. It's still hard. There's still issues, of course, but it's way better. And it's way better for the kids is the main thing. So yeah, we're talking about that tomorrow. And then next week, December 17th, I have another free live lesson about boldly creating and protecting your joy. Which also has to do with boundaries. Yep. (laughs) It all circles around. (laughs) So I'd love to have you join us. We will have prizes. We will be giving some things away because it's Christmas time. It's the holiday season and that's fun. And I like, I like giving gifts. Matt and Steve both know that. Yeah. (laughs) Have a great week, y'all. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they're appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call. Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store, just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we're going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.